Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the Rick Smith Show. Now, here is the voice of the working class, Rick Smith. And welcome, brothers, sisters, working class heroes. This is the Rick Smith Show. Thanks so much for being here today on the big program. Lots to get to, lots to talk about. We'll talk about Congressman Pop Good. A Republican from Virginia who's on one of the Fox Business Channel programs. Uh, And he he said, we shouldn't be joining hands with Democrats just to show that we can govern or get things done no matter how harmful it is to the American people. And the host says, even if that means a government shutdown, well, it's, it's not ideal, but it's not the worst thing. And you go, isn't your job to work with whoever to get things done to help the American people. Now, this is the problem where we are. We're in such ideological camps that an ideological purity camps that, well, doing nothing is their job now. In the past, we, we sent people to, to D.C. and to you know, elected office to solve problems, not just point them out and create more, but to do things, you know, pave the roads, make sure the kids get education, make sure we get health care, you know, national defense. There are a lot of things that we send people to, to Washington and to state capitals and, you know, city hall, all these things to get done, to do things and to have Bob Good say, you know, we shouldn't be joining good hands with Democrats just to show that we can, oh, I don't know, show that we do our job. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. And the reason I bring this up is because if there's any hope out there um, by people going, well, you know, you know, the Republicans didn't want to go so far with Roe v. Wade that, you know, it affects, you know, you know, people who want to get pregnant through in, in vitro fertilization. You know, they'll do something. <laughs> no, they won't. Uh, you know, Timmy Duckworth was right. There's no there's no appetite on the Republican side to actually do anything. And as Bill Pascrell pointed out in his his tweet recently, uh, in the last two Congresses, you got 170 Republicans who sponsored a bill that would outlaw IVS, uh, um, you know, and and outlaw in vitro fertilization, because that's who they are. Now I've been saying for years on this program that the Republican Party, as they are right now, the the machinery moving towards Christian Sharia law, moving towards, you know, getting women back in the kitchen, blacks back in the in the fields, and gays back in the closet. And and I've taken some shots for the, no, Rick, you're wrong. You know, there are good ones. Um, no, 
No, right now, there I see no good Republicans. There are none out there fighting the good fight, in my view. And the plan is all about doing just that. Power and control, a male-dominated patriarchy, if you will. And look, <laughs> I don't like it any more than to say that than anyone else, because understand, I could live in that world as, as, a, as a straight old white guy. My world. What? I'm the king? I say you do? <laughs> yeah. How, how can I be against that? Now, the problem, the problem is, is I've got two daughters. Do I want them to live in that world? And the answer is no. I want them to have self-determination. I want them to go as far as their talents will take them. I want them to be able to leave an abusive relationship and not have me end up in jail. I, I think that's a good thing. Now, as was pointed out, um, some weird kind of laws already in place. For instance, in Missouri uh, and you know in Texas and Arizona and Arkansas, pregnant women can't get a divorce. Now, you can argue, but Rick, you know, the reason they did that, you know, it was all well and good intended, you know, wanted to make sure that the child had a, had a proper family when it was born and, and that the legal system would know who's responsible and, you know, all that. Um, no, that's, again, unintended consequences. You know, what's that thing? The, 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 the path to hell paved with the will of good intentions. Remember that? Um, this, this one of those things that you go, um... Couldn't this be used to force women to, one, uh, abandon pregnancy, abortion, or something worse? Um, could this not be something that could cause even more violence from someone who doesn't want or wants to get divorced but can't? Um, couldn't this be something that could be used as a control? No, I'm never going to let you leave because you're always going to be pregnant. I mean, it just seems like a dumb rule. But my mind goes, well, this is this is where we're going to continue to see legislation, you know, like this, uh, like this court decision in Alabama saying, you know, those those fertilized uh, eggs, those are those are babies. Uh, those those things we we're going to use to fertilize all babies. Um, it's going to get worse, folks. It's going to get a lot worse. And as I've been saying for years. Contraception is on the table. This idea that, that, you know, I go back to the Monty Python thing. I'm, I, I can't get it out of my head. You know, the whole, you know, every sperm is sacred song from the 1970s. Uh, this is this is the world. Uh, we've already seen, you know, video coming out from the Heritage Foundation that we've got to end recreational sex because it's the downfall of humanity. We've got to, you know, put shame back in there and control uh, what women do. Now, <laughs> not the men. Uh, not we men. No, no, we're going to be okay. But those women, because they, uh, who knows what the rationale is, other than just pure control. And as I've been saying for a while, Christian Sharia law is right around the corner. Because what you need to do is you need to make sure that, that women are, are desperate, you're, the massive inequality that you can create by you know paying them less, or you know making sure that they have to take care of the children. And then, you know, a, a system that, well does stuff like this. Am I surprised by it? No. I'm surprised there aren't more states, to be honest. And now that we've brought it up, I'm sure some legislators somewhere is going, hey, this is a good idea. Uh, we, can, we can do this to the women in our state. 
So it isn't just about Roe v. Wade. And, and as I've, I've been thinking about this, I'm hoping that there are women out there going, wait a second. Um, I, I was against abortion. I was against, you know, you know, Roe versus Wade. I didn't think they were going to come for me. And it goes back to that old Pastor Niemöller quote. You know, first they came for the trade unionists, and I said nothing because it wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the socialists and the communists and the, the Jews and everybody else. Came for everybody else. And I said nothing because I wasn't them. And then when they came for me, there was nobody to speak up for me because everybody else was gone. This is that scenario. And I'm hoping, come November, I'm hoping people remember. That's the important part. Remember. Want to hear your thoughts? Email me, rick at the ricksmithshow.com. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, former Alabama Senator Doug Jones is going to be here to share some thoughts on the, the decision out of Alabama, his home state. Quick break. Right back after this. We are AFGE, the American Federation of Government Employees. We represent 700,000 federal and D.C. government workers who are the vital threads of the fabric of American life. We support our nation's military. We take care of our nation's veterans. We protect our nation's borders. We respond to our nation's crises and natural disasters. We provide services to our nation's seniors. The American Federation of Government Employees. We work for America. We are AFGE, the American Federation of Government Employees. We represent 700,000 federal and D.C. government workers who are the vital threads of the fabric of American life. We support our nation's military. We take care of our nation's veterans. We protect our nation's borders. We respond to our nation's crises and natural disasters. We provide services to our nation's seniors. The American Federation of Government Employees. We work for America. Welcome back to the Rick Smith Show. Now, here is Rick Smith. Our historic quote of the day comes to us from May of 2023. And Donald Trump, oddly enough, uh, he said, quote, I'm the one that got rid of Roe versus Wade. And understand, this is something I'm sure that that women are going to be, <laughs> even women who are against Roe versus Wade, uh, something they're going to be taking with them to the ballot box. As we're seeing the far-reaching consequences of chucking this without really having any idea of what was going to be next. And, you know, when you overturn decades-old decided law, there's a lot there. Uh, and look, I'm telling you, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse, and I've been saying for years. Outlawing contraception doesn't seem to be all that far behind. And men, uh, Monty Python sang about it back in the 70s. Uh, every sperm is, is sacred. You are on the list as well. And here to talk about the recent decision on in vitro fertilization coming out of Alabama. I've asked former Alabama Senator Doug Jones to come share some thoughts with us. Doug, thanks for taking time for us. Hey, always great to be with you, Rick. So I'm looking at this and, and going, you know, even if even if you're a woman who is in favor of you know ending abortion and doing away with Roe, uh, you've got to be looking at this decision to go, hey, this isn't what I signed up for. This now affects me. Uh, is this going to hurt hurt the Republicans in November? You know, I, I believe it will uh, because it is, you you know, you've got in, in the House of Representatives, you've got 125 Republicans who have signed on to a bill about life beginning at conception. And this will affect that. I mean, th this would basically make that kind of a nationwide kind of thing. So 
I think Democrats are are seizing on this now to say, we told you so. Uh, I am not convinced that any of these Republicans really thought through what they were doing, Rick. It has so, been so easy to pander to the far right, to pander on the issue of abortion and women's reproductive rights without fully understanding uh, what they were doing and how it will affect people in the broad range. You're absolutely right. This is a logical consequence of ending Roe versus Wade and the rush of all the states like Alabama to do these personhood bill, uh, constitutional amendments as well as these really restrictive laws. And, you know, we are just now seeing how all of this is going to play out. Yeah. This is a, a logical step. Yeah, I told my wife we should hurry up and fertilize a bunch of eggs. We can write them off as tax deductions now since they're all they're all children. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, it is just again, I go back to this. And that is that people have pandered this issue. They have talked about it. It is really easy, Rick, to stand up for a politician, stand up and say, oh, I'm I'm, I'm I, we've got to protect the unborn. I'm all for, you know, I'm pro-life. I'm, I believe that life begins at conception and they're in and don't even think beyond that and this is where this is all going and we see it now and all of a sudden we got republicans in alabama in a complete twist and it's going to continue that way in washington dc as well yeah i think the, the whole a big part of this is they didn't really think that the supreme court would do what they did i mean i was saying you know it'll be getting to, to there but it, i thought it would have been a slow incremental death of a thousand paper cuts kind of thing not a rip the band-aid off kind of moment but the roberts court well they ripped the band-aid off there's no question about it and and, and they did you know if you really think about it they ripped the band-aid off as soon as they got amy coney barrett on the on the court as well so it this this court is unabashed in the way that they're approaching things right now and the states and the legislatures uh in these mega states like alabama are also just barreling forward and they're not thinking it has been almost if this wasn't such a serious issue and it is for so so many people it would be comical to watch these people in alabama now you know the republican legislature are saying oh we, we can't lose IVF. That's not what we meant. A, a, a leg, a, an Alabama attorney general who said he would prosecute people for going across state lines or helping women go across state lines to get an abortion has now said, well, he would have no intention of prosecuting someone uh, for uh, the, the normal IVF destruction of embryos. Give me a break, guys. No. This well, is, not you now. can't have both ways. <laughs> not, not yet. But what's interesting is I was looking at some some writings by Bill Pascrell, the, the congressman from New Jersey, and he said, look, you know, over the last two Congresses, you've had 170 Republicans who have voted against uh, a bill supporting uh, outlaw. They've voted for outlawing invert, IVF, this in vitro fertilization. Right. So this is who they are. So there's no, you know, playing to the, you know, to the, oh, well, we didn't know this was an unintended consequence. No, this is this is who they are. And this is why I say, look, this isn't the end of this. I think contraception is on the table. I think ending contraception is there. Uh, and because I've had people that, no, no, they wouldn't go that far. Oh, yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. Absolutely. They, they, they would. They're because that is part of that far right base. And that is the only thing that they're, they're playing to in these gerrymandered districts, Rick. We've talked about gerrymandering before when you only, and you're in a gerrymandered district and you've only got to play to the far right. 
uh, that believes this, yeah. you know, then, uh, yeah, it could absolutely happen. That is the next step or one of the next steps going forward. I'm absolutely like you convinced of that. Now, I had someone email me go, well, you know, we shouldn't be doing this anyway. Uh, we should be having those families who are doing the, the inverturo fertilization, fertilization. They should be adopting the kids that, and this would be the perfect solution to all of this. So we wouldn't have to have all this chaos. It would be a wonderful world that, you know, the people who don't want the kids, we force them to birth them and then give them the people who, who don't want to pay for the, the embryo, embryos. Well, that's, that, that, that is such an absurd <laughs> after the, you know, somebody is really sinking to, to, to low depths to justify that and to say that that is just absolutely nuts yeah i was, I was gonna go with dumb but you know you're much more eloquent than i am you know, i'm a little <laughs> bit more straight to the point that's just dumb but okay uh but you know so what happens now i mean in alabama i guess the clinics have closed right well i, I don't the last i heard three out of the six have closed uh but my guess is that they will all have to put a pause on this right now um the um transportation uh, of these uh, embryos has been halted. Uh, it's, it's, everything is just up in the air right now. You've got the Alabama legislature in session, which is always a dangerous thing for Alabama, but they've, they've got bills that are pending. But frankly, Rick, I, I don't know if those will cure the problem here because, you know, in 2018, Alabama passed a protection of the unborn child constitutional amendment. I don't see how they get around that without repealing or somehow modifying that language. And that would, that's going to open up a can of worms. So let me ask you this, because I know this sounds like an outrageous question, but you know, let's say that, you know, in, in Alabama, you said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to fertilize the embryo. We're going to, we're going to store them and we're going to, it's all for the purpose of implantation. And, and we're going forward with this and the power goes out and, and it goes away. Are you now up for murder? I mean, how absurd that sounds me even saying it, but it just seems like we're opening some weird doors that something like that could be plausible. Sure. I, I mean, look, I, I don't think it would be, a murder charge, but you could you could be uh, certainly on the hook on some kind of manslaughter, negligent homicide for not having a backup generator, all kinds of things. If a DA or attorney general wants to do it, and let's let's make it even a little bit more intentional. Let's suppose that somebody goes in there who's who is the opposite political persuasion and 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 just start smashing some of these test tubes. That's a, that would be an intentional act. That would absolutely be murder under this, under this law. Um, it 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 really is a slippery slope, and I don't think our attorney general can say he's gonna. He he has no intention when uh, he is constantly looking to pander to run for higher office in 2026. It is um, and 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 the other thing I want to make sure folks understand, Rick, and we're 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 talking about it without really saying it. This is Alabama now, but you can count on the fact there are people in every state in this country that are looking to this Alabama. They're studying that opinion, trying to see what they can do, and they're going to start putting pressure on their legislators to move in that direction. For sure. No, without question. No, I mean the, the organization on the right is incredible and and look, you they find the place to 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 you know 
in the Petri dish that that is Alabama right now uh, to birth their bad ideas uh, that will inevitably, I believe, spread to other states without question. I think you're you're spot on. Right. So the question then becomes, you know, how do we how do we push back in this moment? Look, I'm, I'm, I know November, we've got a presidential election. We've got you know big elections coming up. That's a huge part of it. But there's got to be more than just that no? Well, you know, look, I think that the reaction and the media reaction and the social media reaction has been very strong. And I think we've got, I think people need to, as we go into election, remember, every member of the U.S. House of Representatives is up. They may not face much of a challenge, but they're going to be on the ballot. And that means they're going to be out there and people need to challenge them. And, and, And look, and when I'm saying challenge them, Rick, I'm not talking about threatening them. Uh, or violence, anything like that. You don't need to do that. No, you put your name on the ballot. That's right. You just need to stand up and ask the question, why and how is it and how can you reconcile? How can you say that, you know, uh, life begins at conception only if the conception is done in some traditional man-woman way versus uh, IVF? Right. Because they, they cannot reconcile that. They cannot do that, especially when you've got a constitutional amendment like Alabama. See, this all to me, you know, and maybe I'm just a little bit, a little simpler on this. To me, this is all about power and control. Sure. Uh, this is about, and I, I've been saying it for, you know, 15, you know, the, probably the 18 years I've been doing this. Uh, there, There is a movement on the right that is growing larger and stronger uh, every day and controlling right now, the, I believe, the entire Republican uh, apparatus. Uh, that want women back in the kitchen, blacks back in the field, and gays back in the closet. And they're going to use the power of government to do that, the power of our courts to do that. And and look, they, they've organized very well. They've funded very well. But I, I, this is where I see things going, this kind of authoritarian kind of movement. And and I don't think people quite get where that, that it means them eventually. We're all in yeah, the shark but- tank. Look at what's happening. It is just the opposite of conservatism when you when you've got government intruding all this and telling you what you can do and and, and not do. And and it's I, I completely agree with your characterization. There's a, a fellow in professor in uh, California, George Lakoff. I don't know if you've ever read yeah. his stuff. Talks about the authoritarian, the the father figure, the strong father figure. And that's what we're, we're, you know, that's not, that's exactly what we're seeing with all of the stuff going on in the Republican Party in Alabama and nationally. It is, it, it, it's a stunning development, if you really think about it, Rick, of where we've been in, in, in our life. And I know I'm older than you are, but it's a stunning development to see that uh, move that way with a, 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 a traditional Republican Party. Well, it's, 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 it's remarkable to see how far the the fringe has taken over and i look at you know cpac which used to be the haven of conservative thought is now basically just crazy pack i don't know if you saw you know they got nazis openly walking around their their convention granted there weren't that many people there so that's a good sign but you know at the beginning of it they had this right-wing mouthpiece this jack posobiec uh, say, I just wanted to say, welcome to the end of democracy. We're here to overthrow it completely. We didn't get all the way there on January 6th, but we will endeavor to get rid of it and replace it with this right here. We'll replace it with this right here. Yeah. Nazis openly walking around. That's right. the, I, I don't know how much simpler to put that. And you had Steve Bannon 
off to the left saying, amen, brother. You know, uh, Steve Bannon, who, quite frankly, was one of those who pushed Robert F. Kennedy Jr. into the presidential race. All right. So it it is a I, I don't know what some of the folks at that conference were thinking about, because that is not that is not conservative thinking. That is, but it is. Well, it's new conservative thinking. It's just the, it's conservative thinking of 2024. It's not what well, we think of as conservatism. Uh, you know, going back to the Reagan and the H.W. Bush years, this is crazy conservative. This is theocratic Christian conservatism. Well, that's just because they call themselves that. It's not conservatism. In any definition of the word, it's really not conservative. They just label themselves that because that's the traditional label. Um, but this, you know, we've, we've got facing us at some, I don't ever recall a starker contrast between candidates coming up in November between that kind of chaos and that kind of basic overthrowing democracy um, type rhetoric that Donald Trump foments versus a president who is trying to save democracy, not only in this country, but around the world. No. It's 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 incredible. And this is a it's an important election going forward. No, no, we can talk about all the great things Joe Biden has done in his term. And, you know, in, in 50 years, I'm going to look back at this and go, wow, uh, that guy's way up there at the top. Uh, but for me right now, the simple reality is it's do you stand for democracy or not? That comes down to who you're going to vote for. If you stand for democracy, if you believe in in our institutions and in our country and our Constitution, Joe Biden's your choice. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. And if you look, Rick, go back to 2016, there were so many people who were uncomfortable with Donald Trump at the time because he said some unhinged things. He was out there, but they were saying, you know, the guy's a, he's a businessman. He's a successful businessman, even though he wasn't. Um, and he'll change when he gets into office. Well, not only didn't change, he started getting slower and slower, it became worse. Now he is far more worth. And people need to actually listen to what he is saying because it is as it is not just far right. It is as autocratic as they come. And it is a campaign of retribution. Uh, it is a campaign of authority. It is a campaign that will strip away rights of so many people in this country versus a president of the United States who's brought in 14, 15 million jobs who has got this economy booming. And I, and I know what people are saying out there, Rick, but this economy is working. It's working for people up and down. Uh, it's working for everybody. And people are beginning to see it. People are beginning to feel it. They're, they've got jobs. Wages are increasing. Inflation is, is subsiding. The consumer confidence is up. You look at all that. You look at what we're doing around the world to try to protect democracy in Ukraine and how our allies, our allies are sticking with us. At us at the same time, you've got the presumptive nominee for the Republican uh, Party who is saying, Europe, if you don't pay, if you don't pay, we're going to abandon you. And, and Putin, you do what the hell you want to do. That is unbelievable to hear those words coming from anyone, much less 
the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party. Yeah, no, it's 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 frightening where we are. But at the end of it, for me, Doug, it's 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 a very simple. It's a very simple. Do you believe in democracy or not? Uh, Absolutely. We, we talk about all the other stuff, and I do. Uh, and you know, I love the policies that have been coming out of this administration. But regardless of all of that, it's about do you believe in democracy or don't you? Uh, last- Rick, I, I agree with you, but let me say this real quick because so many people out there are saying, "Yeah, I hear you, Reg," but you know. We're the United States of America. We, we went through a civil war. We went through all this stuff. And so we'll be fine. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. That is not true. You only have to look at how democracies fail and look at what has happened. Uh, look at what happened in 1930 in, in, in Germany. Look at how, how these democracies have failed over time. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah. So, yes, it can happen here and it will if we're not careful. There you go. Doug, I appreciate the time as always. Uh, Great thoughts. I look forward to talking to you again. You got it, bud. Anytime. Thanks. Our good friend, former Alabama Senator Doug Jones. I want to hear your thoughts. Email me, rick at thericksmithshow.com. Are you as concerned as I am where this is going? I want to hear about it. For our Free Speech TV audience, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you back here next time for our radio affiliates across the country. Quick break. Right back. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Rick Smith Show. Now, here is Rick Smith. So as a lot of my friends know, and a lot of a lot of viewers have, have quizzed me about over the years, uh, I'm a big Denver Broncos fan. I uh, have been since I was a wee little kid going back into the mid-70s. And you know, I've been following this, this, you know, this saga, this soap opera, this drama uh, with Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson. Of which, you know, I got to be honest, full disclosure, was not in favor of giving him all the, the money and, and, and bringing him in. Didn't think he was going to be the grand savior of the franchise, but wanted wanted well for him, wanted him to do well, uh, you know, all of that stuff. I came across this story written by a guy named Andrew Mason, and he was talking about a podcast that that Russell Wilson had done with uh, former Broncos wide receiver Brandon Marshall. And as I'm reading through the the saga that has been the goings on between Wilson and the the Broncos organization, the the employer side of this, because understand, I look at things from a employer employee relationship as always. 
regardless of who, what you think of of Russell Wilson, uh, you, you think he's you know high priced quarterback. You think he's got all this power. He's an employee. He's just a worker like anybody else. Granted, he makes a lot more than most of us do, but still, at the end of the day, he's an employee of the Broncos organization. Now, evidently, according to this podcast, uh, the Broncos came to him and said, hey, uh, we want to restructure your contract uh, or we're going to bench you. Uh, we want you to do away with or, or change the terms of the injury guarantee that Wilson had in his contract to ensure that, you know, if he gets hurt, he's going to get paid. Because what most people don't understand about the NFL is if you get hurt, you don't get those big number contracts unless you have a guarantee. Now, what he's what Wilson said in this podcast is like, hey, look, they came to me and they said, hey, um, you know, we're going to do this or we're going to bench you. And he's like, well, then go ahead, bench me. I'm not I'm not giving this up. I'm not going to. And his, his direct words were, I didn't want to set a precedent for other players to remove their injury guarantee as well. Uh, it was no way I was going to do that. Uh, so they said they were going to bench. They're going to bench you. Uh, and, and I said, well, if that's what you're going to do, go ahead, basically. And what I found interesting was not that this went on because, you know, this kind of stuff I'm sure happens more than gets into the news. Uh, because even Marshall, the, the interviewer, goes, hey, that's like extortion. <laughs> uh, you you got to get the, the NFL Players Association involved, attorneys involved. You know, obviously you got to do this. And, and what caught my attention and the reason I'm bringing this up, Wilson's response as someone who, look, I, I've done a lot of union work over the years. I was a steward for a number of years. I've represented workers in, in numerous places and opportunities. And this struck with me because Wilson's first comment after going, hey, you know, Marshall going, hey, you got, you got to get the, the union involved. You got to get lawyers. You got to get, you got to stand up to this. His response was, well, I didn't want to. But then, you know, the Broncos kept saying it all the way throughout the week. So, you know, then, you know, then I, you know, I talked to my agent, talked to the Players Association. The Players Association called me and asked, and then they talked to the NFL, and the NFL was like, this is illegal, you can't do this. And, you know, Brandon Marshall understood this right from the very beginning. You call your union, call your attorneys, call, call, don't just take it. And for me, this is one of those those moments where you go, here's a guy who's a multimillionaire, multimillionaire, um, reluctant to use his power. And and understand, using your power grows your power. The, the, the second you say, um, no, I'm not going to do that. And oh, by the way, you can't do that. And oh, by the way, this is the organization that's going to stand behind me and make sure you don't do that. Every working person, for me, and this is what I tweeted out, I said every worker should read this because you have this you know, multi-billion dollar employer, part of a you know multi-multi-billion dollar uh, corporate entity, the NFL, putting pressure on one guy. Now, granted, it's a lot of money. It's like $36, 39000000 million. It's a lot of money. But you've got this, this over, this, this behemoth organization coming down on one guy. And understand, if they get that one guy to go, okay, 
That's going to set the precedent. Well, you know, he did it. Why won't you? Knowing that work, a lot of working people don't have the mentality that Brendan Marshall said, hey, call, a, call your union. Call your lawyers. Don't just take the abuse. Don't just take that. Stand up for yourself. This is, and yes, I'm going to spin this back to the average everyday worker. Because, as I said, if you use your power, and that's the power of number, the securities in numbers, the fact that if you can get all employees to stand together, you've got power. And the more you use it, the more your power grows. And it's contagious. But Wilson was, well, no, I don't want to rock the boat right away. And I get this, and I've gotten this message from people throughout the years. And and look, these are people who are, you know, they're, they're tough guys, they're leaders, they're all that stuff. But they just don't want to rock the boat. Just don't want to cause waves, don't want to make any people upset. We'll work it out. I can make my deal. You know, we'll, the boss's door is always open. You've heard this stuff. And the fact that he was reluctant to go immediately go, what? You're going to bench me because I won't restructure my my contract because you're throwing... Wait a second. Let me let me get my union rep on the, on the line. And this is what I used to tell members of, of that I represented. Look, if they call you in for a conversation, you have Weingarten rights. You have the right to go, hey, it's kind of like Miranda for workers. It's kind of like the, you know, you have the right to remain silent. You know that stuff that the police have to tell you. Well, it's kind of the same thing for workers, only you have to invoke your rights. This is what they've done. The employer doesn't have to recognize your rights. You have to say, hey, I know my rights. And my rights are, if this could lead possibly lead to any way, shape, or form discipline, I have the right to have a representative here. I have the right to have someone by my side so that I'm not getting beat up on by all sides. Because what employers do masterfully is they come, they got three, four, five of them in a room, and then just you. And then they pepper you with questions from all sides. And they all remember in the event that something happens down the road. So it's always best to have someone there. And this is why you would tell people, if you get called into the office for any reason, and you feel that, hey, this, this, ain't, this isn't right, go, hey, can this lead to discipline? And if they say no, then you... Clearly, you answer the questions, you go along with it, because they've already said this isn't going to lead to discipline. If they say, well, maybe we don't know, then you go, I'd like to have my representative here. I'd like to have a steward, a business agent, a fellow worker, someone standing beside you to, one, be a witness, and two, maybe, as, as in the case of a steward or a representative, know a little bit more about what the contract allows and what it doesn't. And this is why the, the Wilson thing grabbed me and, and has been weighing on my head as an opportunity to go, you know, this is a moment that where even Wilson, the leader that he is, fell into the, you know, I, um, I didn't really want to go that route. You know, I no, that's the power you have. Now, obviously, people are going to go, well, you know, you know, Russell Wilson's a leader and he's going to you know, go and he, it's his contract and he's going to and that's 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 fine. But in the event that it turns out badly, as happens in a lot of places where you don't have the backstop of having a union representative, you don't have the backstop of having a union contract, which is why I say every worker needs one, um, you, get, you get the short end of the stick. So like every, every CEO and like every NFL player, 
every working person should have a contract. It's it, for me that simple. Uh, but uh, I, I hope that that comes to some resolution. I like Russell, Russell Wilson. Uh, I, th- I like him as a player, not so much when he was with Seattle beating the Broncos in the Super Bowl, but I, I wish him well. Uh, and, and I think it's a really crummy thing the organization tried to do to him. Uh, that said, we will see how this plays out. Now, some good news on, on Monday. Uh, the Federal Trade C- Commission, the FTC, uh, filed lawsuit to sue Kroger uh, and Albertson from merging. Uh, you, we talked about this last year. Uh, the big, the big uh, supermarket chain Kroger and Albertson, uh, they had, I think it was a twenty, was like twenty-three million dollar, billion dollar, uh, billion dollar, twenty-four point six billion dollar acquisition plan uh, for Kroger to take over Albertson. Now Kroger is heavily unionized; they're in a lot of metropolitan areas, you know, like fifty of fifty places around the country, and they wanted to come together. Uh, the their argument is, well, we've got to compete with Walmart because Walmart's the behemoth, and this is going to give us the opportunity to grow and be as big and bold and 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 muscular as them. Now, you know, people who are against it, like me, say um, this is a bad idea because we're we're limiting the number of choices consumer ha- consumers have. Um, you know, prices are going to go up because someone's got to pay that twenty four point six billion dollars back. And of course, you know, all the stuff that comes with lower service, less quality, all that stuff. And EPI, the Economic Policy Institute, uh, last year came out with their analysis of what it could be. And they said, look, it could it could lower the wages for all, for three quarters of a billion employees who work at, at, at grocery stores in these 50 metropolitan areas. Uh, their earnings could fall by some $333, $334 million dollars in those areas. And they point out that, you know, Kroger and Albertson employ about a quarter of all grocery store employees in the country. That's an enormous amount of people. And they also say that, look, you know, the negative externalities that could come out of this, they're going to fall on the backs of workers. They're going to fall on the backs of consumers. And, and I would argue on the backs of taxpayers as well, because understand, um, Walmart is one of the biggest welfare queens in the country. Now you go, but hey, you know, Rick, you got to let them compete. You got to let them grow. You got to get let them be a little more muscular. You got to let them, you know, economies of scale. You know, let them, let them, let them compete. And I, I see that's the wrong argument. The wrong argument is not consolidate more. The idea is to break up behemoths. Walmart shouldn't have the kind of outweighted power that it has. This is where I'm I'm thrilled to see the FTC actually doing something and stopping some of these mergers. We've got to stop the consolidation that's going on that has harmed workers, ha- hard, harmed consumers, harmed communities. It's, well, and benefited the very wealthy. But not to mention also harmed consu- con- taxpayers. Because when you, when you hold down wages, when you crush wages, and you crush workers' ability to to earn better wages by organizing and negotiating for them, what you end up with is a Walmart scenario where you have a large portion of the people working there needing help through public assistance, you know, food stamps, school lunch programs, LIHEAP, rent assistance, you name it down the line, medical care assistance. When Walmart is one of the, the, the is well, is a gazillion dollar corporation where you've got the three Waltons who are worth more than 
than Elon Musk. Three people are worth, what was it, $280 billion or some crazy number? Where did that $280 billion number come from? Well, I would say a good portion of it came from taxpayers funding their workforce. Came from taxpayers picking up the tab for the employees that Walmart is not supporting. And the fear, the fear here is, you know, a lot, look, a lot of these, these Kroger workers are unionized. Uh, they make decent wages. They have some bit of health care. But even there, and we talked about this when Kroger was talking about going on strike. Uh, even there in that scenario, you have workers who are living in their cars. You have people who are struggling to get by. So for me, having this, this, this lawsuit about time uh, will be interesting to see where this, this takes us, what comes out of it. But again, this is part of, of worker organizing. This is part of uh, people understanding their powers. I don't think this, this happens. I don't think this happens without uh, the UFCW, uh, the union who represents a lot of these workers, and uh, you know a lot of community groups being the squeaky wheel, pointing out the fact that this would be injurious to workers, consumers, taxpayers out there saying, hey, do something, which is why you've got attorneys generals from Arizona, California, the District of Columbia, Illinois, Maryland, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, Wyoming, joining in on this. And that's also what Colorado and Washington follow, filed their own state level suits, uh, you know, months after the, the merger was first announced. Uh, you had a lot of people saying, uh, no, this is bad for us. This is bad for, for communities, workers, and taxpayers, and it should stop. And good on Lena Khan and the folks at the Federal Trade Commission who are saying, no. Now, I've been saying for years, we've got to stop the monopolization of, of industry after industry. We've got to stop allowing these companies to get you know so big because their argument is always, and I always like this, their argument is, well, you know, synergy. Uh, we need to do away with redundancy. Uh, you know, we, we need to, you know, we need to, you know, streamline economies of scale. And what all that verbiage means, what all that, that, that good corporate jargon means is we're going to cut workers. We're going to have the workers that we have do more and we're going to profit more. Uh, I'm a believer in, I believe in competition. I think you should have more than one choice as a consumer. Uh, I believe in the free market as long as it's free and not rigged like we have right now, um, where I have the choice as a consumer to go to a store because it gives me good services, gives me good, good prices, gives me opportunities to get what I need in, a, in, a, in the way that I want them and not the way that they're going to ram it down our throats. Like, for instance, I will not go to one of the self-checkouts. I'm not going to do it. Uh, which is why I go to the local supermarket that's owned by a you know, local guy, has a, a couple of small stores around uh, the region. I support that. But sadly, those are few and far between. We should be supporting more local small businesses. And you do that by not letting these behemoths get even bigger. At least that's the way I see it. I want to hear your thoughts. Email me, rick at the ricksmithshow.com. What do you think? Is, was this a, is this a good move? Uh, and, and look, you know, if they can hold it off until 2025, is this something, oh, I don't know, a Trump-led Federal Trade Commission would put aside and say, no, no, go ahead. 
You you consolidate as much as you want. Go ahead, crush those workers. Go ahead, screw those consumers. It's all about the profit. I want to hear your thoughts. Email me, rick at the ricksmithshow.com. Gonna take a quick break. Right back. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1942. That was the day that 27 Japanese women working in the Seattle public school system handed in their forced resignations. In the aftermath of the attacks on Pearl Harbor, anti-Japanese hysteria swept the United States, especially the West Coast. 127,000 people of Japanese ancestry were sent to live in 10 internment camps by executive order of President Roosevelt. Many of these U.S. citizens sold their homes and businesses, often for a fraction of their value, before they were forced to move. In Seattle, mothers from Gatewood Elementary School circulated a petition for the removal of Japanese office employees from the schools. The school district pressured the women to resign. Even James Sakamoto, the editor of the Japanese American Courier, encouraged the women to voluntarily leave their jobs. He met with the women at the newspaper's office and told them they should resign before they were fired. Faced with such pressure, the women wrote a resignation letter. They wrote, Most of us have received our education in local schools and have been proud of the fact, as we have been proud of our positions as employees. Word of the resignations quickly became headline news in local newspapers. Several protests were held in support of the women. Students at the University of Washington circulated a petition on their behalf. They gathered more than a thousand signatures, declaring the treatment of these office workers undemocratic, intolerant, disrespectful of the rights of American citizens. In 1986, the governor of Washington signed into law an admission of wrongdoing toward these women and payment of reparations for their forced resignations. Like what you hear? Check out more at laborhistoryin2.com. Welcome back to the Rick Smith Show. Now, here is Rick Smith. So there's an interesting video clip running around on uh, Elon Musk's Twitter that grabbed my attention because, you know, the the story has always been, look, Musk is a smart guy. uh, But, you know, like like a lot of our billionaires, uh, behind every great billionaire is a great crime or a massive tax break. And and I find it interesting that his brother, Kimball, uh, you know, this is years ago they did this interview and the, the brother basically outed them for being in the country illegally. Now, again, you it, it was an interesting dynamic of, of Musk saying, well, yeah, but but we slept in the office all those hours and, you know, we, we, we pulled ourselves up. By, no, you got millions of dollars from the federal government to be able to start your first business. And you were here illegally. Admit it. Your brother did. He's OK saying it. Yeah, we were here illegally. And we got this money to help us start a business. And now look at us. Look at how revered we are. And this is one of those things where you go, interesting how, you know, you get this, you know, we pulled ourselves up by the bootstraps kind of story. 
and you know, look how smart we are. And then, you know, talking, taking over Twitter and, you know, talking about, you know, some clothes slamming the door, you know, basically kicking the ladder out behind, behind them. We made it to the top. We did well. Kick the ladder out. And this is, this for me is what, what was always great about this country is that people came here, wanted to come here to, to start a new life and, you know, got a helping hand and, and did well. That's a great story. I mean, that would be the immigrant story that you would want told and over and over again, unless you're Elon Musk, who seems to be moving towards eh, some of the, the fringe on the right. But I, I find it interesting that, you know, they were here illegally and his brother, well, the response though from Elon was, well, you know, it's a gray area. No, there's no gray area. Uh, did you have papers? No. Well, no. Um, were you illegally here? Well, um, no. And and the question, this should, every right-wing build-the-wall Trumpite should be going, well, how did he get the money? Because I'd like to know how is someone here that's here illegally, you know, got the, the kind of money that Musk got? And then, you know, how did he, how did he make his way around the system? It's, it's interesting, you know, for some of our, our Trump folks, you know, the backflips that they have to do to justify uh, for instance, you know, someone sent me a clip of the old Hannity interview. You remember Hannity did the interview with with Trump about the the boxes at Mar-a-Lago. And, you know, you know, Hannity said, I can't imagine you ever saying, bring me some boxes uh, we brought back from the White House. I'd like to look at them. And and I remember talking about this at the time uh, that Trump was very clear. You know, I can do that. I have the right to take whatever I want. And and being very defiant in that, while well, someone you know sent me the clip again today and said, "Hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about the fact that maybe, maybe he thought there was a payday at the end, and maybe it wasn't that he was going to sell it to the Russians or you know to the Saudis or you know whoever to the highest bidder? Maybe that wasn't what it was. Maybe it was about fleecing the federal government because there was a little tick in his comment." And, and I, I know when Trump speaks, you have to listen to the whole sentence and find the, you know, the thing that he, he didn't really want to say, but because he has kind of diarrhea of the mouth, it just flows out. He said that, you, you know, they ended up paying Nixon $18 million for what he had. And there's, you know, this person said, you know, have you thought that maybe this was just about him getting a payday? And, you know, I, I don't know. Um, interesting. <laughs> Could be. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. And look, probably needs the money now being as broke as he is. And I still find it interesting that, you know, he plays the victim and, you know, I'm so discriminated against. No, you, you broke the law. You did what you're accused of. This is my problem with, with conservatism today. He did what he was, he was charged with. He's done it all. Conservatism used to be about personal responsibility. I guess personal responsibility, unless you're Donald Trump. Or, or Ron DeSantis or, or any of them, uh, because I saw this story coming out of Florida and and not, this is another one of those things you go, not surprising. Uh, evidently in Florida, you've got more kids coming down with the measles uh, after the Surgeon General there uh, defied federal guidelines by not urging parents to vaccinate their children. And this is part of that that 
that anti that anti-vaxxer thing you know look you we, we could have a discussion about how, how fast the vaccine was uh, the covid vaccine was 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 produced we can have we can have conversations around all of that stuff but but measles um so there's a surge you know of of measles cases you know worldwide but in in florida a lot um and it's because that we're going to, if this craziness is allowed, we may lose herd immunity status at some point down the road. And measles could come storming right back because, well, we're not, we're not going to vaccinate. Don't have to. Scary times. Scary, scary times with scary people in power. Uh, and finally, my favorite story of the day uh, comes from the University of Waterloo. Uh, where evidently there's talk that they're, they're, they're removing what were called smart vending machines from the campus. Uh, evidently, a student found an error code on one of the vending machines uh, that, that said Inventa Vending Facial Recognition dot app dot execute application error on the machine. The speculation is that there is face recognition software, you know, can you buy those Twinkies? Is this a way that we keep you know, the fat guy away from the Twinkies? I don't know, but why? Why would you have something like this on those machines? Now, look, we've got employers who have, have chipped people so that they can wand in or buy things from the snack machine. So would I be surprised? No, I wouldn't be surprised if corporate America said, hey, let's, uh, let's do that with the vending machines. Let's keep track of who's buying what. It's kind of frightening. But here again, we're in this space. We're in this moment where we are so far behind what is AI and what is the technology of the future that who knows who knows what they're doing or what the how they're using it because there's nothing there yet. And our dysfunctional Congress is playing right into it. We can't seem to get anything done because people like Bob Good don't think we should do anything. Wow. Want to hear your thoughts? Email me, rick at the ricksmithshow.com. Miss any portion of the program? Grab the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. We'll see you back here next time. You've been listening to The Rick Smith Show. Email rick at rick at the ricksmithshow.com. Until next time, this has been The Rick Smith Show where working people come to talk. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.